lights, camera, action. Hi, I'm Robert Rivera, and welcome back to another season of Mixed Take, a world outspoken podcast where we discuss film, television, entertainment, representation, and why we think it's worthy of deeper conversations. And I'm Donnie Alicea. Last season, we looked at directors, writers, and creators. This season, we'll look at the cultural impact and significance of actors and performers. That's right. Donnie, world traveler, joining me again. Yeah. Or I'm joining you, actually. Uh, Whatever it is. We're we're joined together in a new season. We're so excited. It's it's a little bit of shaking the the rust off, I think. You know, we did some bonus episodes, which was really cool. Yeah. I think that saved us from cancellation. (laughs) Well, on this episode, Donnie, as you know, we're going to look at the career of Will Smith and other African-American game changers in Hollywood. Yeah. I would say that the heart of Mixtake, you know, of course we do provide a Mixtake on entertainment, but we also love to elevate um, black and brown and, and female storytellers and the impact that they're making. So I, I'm just excited to sit back as we press play on this episode of Mixtake. All right. So as we begin here, I want to just step back a little bit. We know that racial tension remains high in the United States, unfortunately. And while I won't comment on the organization, I fully support the slogan, Black Lives Matter. Right. On, and this is true on the streets and on the silver screen. But I think, Donnie, last year, or I should say last season, as we were digging into uh, the works of, of some of these content creators, mm-hmm. I remember consuming The 13th by Ava DuVernay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and really taking a deeper look at the movie Birth of a Nation. Mm-hmm. Originally, it was called The Klansman. It was a movie that debuted in 1915 and was praised as a cinematic pioneering success. And when I think of 1915, I'm thinking this is only years, you know, maybe a decade, a little bit more than that, before my grandmother was born. Right. So this isn't hundreds of years. Anyway. Right. This is a hundred years ago. Yeah, exactly. Which is just two generations. That's not much. Exactly. And in the movie, the quote unquote Negro uh, is portrayed or was portrayed um, as almost a mindless animal or a sex-hungry monster, a threat to white wom- white women. Um, and it was a re- revisionist approach to the events after the Civil War. In other words, they're trying to rewrite, kind of reframe the narrative of what happened after the Civil War. Right, uh, which, which like communicates for us the power of cinema in – you can really dictate what the narrative of an entire people group, an entire gender, an entire civilization, an entire group of individuals. You know, millennials think this way because this movie says so. So it's like the power of cinema is huge. And especially during that time, Donnie, because we're spoiled with so many avenues of communication. You know, we have... We could turn on the TV or the internet. I mean, everything's in our in our phone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- there is a power to cinema. And as they're watching, there there is this, in a sense, I could imagine the conspiracy theories brewing, saying, you know what? I bet you these people got it right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Ku Klux Klan, uh, they were portrayed as the heroes of the story. 
And mm-hmm. actually, many see it as the rebirth of the KKK. Yeah. So and, again, and, the power. and right. And we would say that that narrative um, by our last, you know, president, it was continued. Like, let's make America great again. Let's look back to the, you know, these eras, these, these past uh, generations where there were some that were more privileged, AKA white right. people, and then some that were less privileged. So it's like this, this isn't that yeah. far off the idea of, um, these individuals who are, are racist and, and bigots being portrayed as the heroes. No, definitely. And like any hate speech, you know, this, this film was giving credence in the mainstream, in the mainstream media, um, to further, you know, justify the dehumanization of black people, uh, and for more on this cultural impact, I said, like I said before, go back to our Ava DuVernay episode. Go back, go to Netflix and watch the documentary, the thirteenth or thirteenth, I should say, for more insight. Uh, but no matter how how you spin it, this is the introduction of the black community in film. And so today, even though there's a long way to go, Donnie, we celebrate not just the career of one man but what his career represents for the entire community. Yeah. And so with that, let's jump into a little bit of Will Smith. So Will was born Willard Carroll Smith. Ouch. But we, <laughs> but we, we he's no, better known now as just Will Smith. Yeah. Uh, we know him as an actor, as a rapper. Uh, he's now an author. His book uh, releases November 9th, 2021. Um, he's a husband, a father, a uh, little known. Uh, he's a Rubik's cube puzzle solver, okay. something he picked up, uh, during the pursuit of happiness. He didn't want a hand model. He wanted to be the one that solved the Rubik's cube. Uh, Wait, time Have you ever solved a Rubik's cube? Never in my life. Not really. Once. Okay. How about you? I think once or twice I learned the algorithm. I forgot it now. <laughs> algorithm. There's an algorithm, Donnie. <laughs> is it you an don't algorithm? Just, or is it is, just a, a trick to no, it? No, 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 one hundred percent. No, it's not just a trick to it. It's you need to know the right patterns. <laughs> Wait a second, but I thought algorithms were co- for computers. You're not a computer, so I mean, <laughs> some might differ. <laughs> okay, fair enough. The algorithm, right? Um, and he is a huge fan of chess. He, he talks about how his dad started teaching him when he was really small. And um, by the time Will was 12, he beat his dad at chess. And then his dad never played with him again. So <laughs> he, said he, yeah, he kept playing and kept learning. And uh, Jadam gave him a gift of three days with a chess grandmaster. And mm. the, the biggest takeaway that Will had from that meeting with the chess grandmaster was put the pieces where you want them. So don't let your mind limit what can happen on the chessboard. Visualize where you want your pieces and then make it happen. Like kind of remove the barriers that you have between what you're working towards and what you're working with, which I thought was really cool. And he's really kind of lived his life by that principle of dream, big, shoot for the stars. And that's what you'll get. All right. Will Smith has been nominated for five Golden Globe Awards, two Academy Awards, and has won four Grammys, winning the first ever Grammy for rap music, which yep. means he's a gangster. Holla. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He never attended college and was a millionaire before the age of 18. Incredible. 
obviously, Will Smith is just a stellar, incredible, amazing human being. So, Rob, question for you. Would you want to spend a memorable evening hanging out with Will Smith, but you're going to get neuralized at the end of the night? And if you're not sure, those who are listening, you're not sure what being neuralized is. It's from Men in Black. It's where Tommy Lee Jones pulls out the silver stick, he shoots the red light, and then you forget everything. So would you rather spend a memorable night with him, but you're going to get neuralized at the end of the night? Or would you rather just not spend the night at all? Or the wow. evening? Wow. Him? I mean, I may have already done that. <laughs> so. You, you have a point. Sure. Yeah. You you have a point. Good answer. Yeah. yeah. So my second question for you, what yeah. Will Smith movies have you not seen? Oh my goodness. Or have you I've, Yeah, no. I've, Will I've Smith seen a, have you not seen? Well, yeah, I've seen a lot of his bad ones, Donnie. Donnie. He doesn't he doesn't have any bad ones. I that's untrue. In my opinion. Un, okay. He he might not have great like some of them aren't great, but they're not bad. I I mean What's a bad one? I can't even think of Okay, that's one. fair. I have not seen After Earth or Gemini Man. I've just not heard great things about them. How about oh, that? yeah, fair enough. I mean, uh, yeah, they're a little out there. And and I know. did see Wild Wild West. Not great. Okay, that one is definitely not great. Actually, that one Will Smith lists as his least favorite film of all time. Yeah, Donnie, you're going to shame me because you know I'm going to say Seven Pounds right now. Which is like, bro. I don't know why. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, that one I forgot it existed. I mean, okay, so the thing about Seven Pounds, and I think what just kind of generally, and we'll talk about this later in the show, but the big themes that come into many of Will's um, powerful, drama-filled stories, it's this, you know, dichotomy between life and death, how fragile life is, and how beautiful it is, and how to really kind of embrace life and for all that it is and like live every moment to the fullest and seven pounds is really um kind of an exemplification of exactly that it's a really beautiful movie it's it sounds lovely i just i don't <laughs> i don't know why i i missed out on that hey but guess what i saw the suicide squad no i'm sorry i saw suicide squad <laughs> The speaking, first one. speaking of life, suicide. Um. Anyways, wow. it, <laughs> sorry, sorry to get so dark. Wait, I've, I'm sorry. You know what? I'm going to put you out there. Is there yeah. a notable Will Smith movie you haven't seen? Yeah, I haven't seen Aladdin, the 2019 one. I don't know if that's a notable one, but you know what? I actually oh. really enjoyed enjoyed him in it. Oh, really? I thought, yeah, I thought he was really good in that role. It seemed like kind of a kid ish movie, sort of. So, um, and I, 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 you know, I love the Disney. Perfect for me. I, <laughs> that that's my that yeah <laughs> I, I watch I, I watch kiddish movies a lot I mean don't get me wrong I could get down with some like animated movies obviously we all can we've all seen this Toy Story trilogy and we absolutely love it we've all seen Coco we Before. absolutely love it so right oh I called it a trilogy what is that a quadrilly quadrilly <laughs> <laughs> did I make up a word I hope so a quadrilly um yeah so like i get it you know there's there's obviously some amazing movies made for kids but adults enjoy them i don't know aladdin just fell off my radar 
Okay. But but I think all the other notable ones um I have seen. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember 6 degrees of separation, but I know I saw it. That was one I was like, "Ah, oh, I need to go back and watch that one." Well, Donnie, I think it's time to press rewind and let's look back at the career of Willard Carroll Smith Jr. Did you say junior earlier? No, I didn't. He's a junior? I didn't even know he was a junior pretty sure like why would somebody give that name to somebody else (laughs) if you had it you had to know how tough it was to grow up with that name (laughs) and then you put that in someone else wow Wow. his parents did not like him at all (laughs) oh my goodness will smith we love you though oh wow wow all right well not only that donnie we both have an emotional connection to will smith Mm -hmm. all right not only was he a rap star when we were growing up, but he also he also starred in really my favorite sitcom, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And apart from really The Cosby Show, uh, which unfortunately has been marred by, you know, the poor character of, of Cosby, uh, the Banks family uh, was a black family that, that people of all colors, I believe, looked up to. They weren't – it wasn't a movie that was just for, for black people. I, I think that re- it crossed – uh, those cultural, you know, uh, borders. But Will Smith has walked on a path paved by the legacy of those before him. And I'd like to highlight a few of those, what I would call way pavers. Now, uh, the first person I think of is is Eddie Murphy. Um, I don't know if... I started digging into Eddie Murphy's life a little bit, and mm-hmm. it was kind of hilarious when I... When he appeared on Oprah just after the release of The Nutty Professor, she just kept going on and on about how talented he was. Donnie, do you remember that scene where the family is sitting around the table and they're all played by Eddie Murphy? Absolutely. And she could not, like, she couldn't shut up about it. It was like, literally, she kept bringing it up. And (laughs) he's kind of a shy guy in, in, you know, in person. Yeah. And and you could tell he's getting a little uncomfortable by all the praise. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. But... Really, though, he, he was a pioneer of sorts in that way. He tried new things, and he pushed the envelope, and he touched many, generation, many generations. You know, Some knew him in Trading Places or Beverly Hills Cop, while others loved him in Dr. Doolittle mm-hmm. or The Nutty Professor. But to some, he's known as Mushu. Mm-hmm. Others as Donkey from Shrek. And his mainstream success in comedy, I think, opened up some doors for Will Smith. Mm-hmm. I think the the coolest thing about Eddie Murphy is kind of like you said, he plays these roles that aren't him, you know? So like Will Smith, he plays a lot of like the charismatic roles, the funny roles, and he plays a lot of like the drama stuff. So you're like, oh, okay, this is completely outside of himself. So like, I appreciate the collateral beauty type of films that Will Mm -hmm. Smith is in or um, the pursuit of happiness and stuff like that, where it's like, ah, this is completely out of his, um, you know, what we see as his personality. So I think, um, Eddie Murphy has done a lot of the same thing. He takes on roles that are kind of outside of his personality. And so then when he's in these interviews, you kind of think you're going to get the Beverly Hills cop guy. And it's like, oh, he's not that like, you know, like (laughs) silly, you know, whatever kind of guy. It's like, he's very like introverted and, you know, at least it seems uh, from his interviews. So I love that he takes on these roles where he's just 
completely like he's an animated character that we absolutely fall in love with. He's a stand-up comic that is super hilarious and he can be a cop. He can, you know, really play whatever he wants to play. So I appreciate his filmography and then how he did pave the way for um, many African-American uh, actors that came after him. Definitely. But even when you look at him, mm-hmm. you realize that he was walking on a paved path to Absolutely. some degree Absolutely. by Richard, by people like Richard Pryor, Richard mm-hmm. Franklin, Lennox, Thomas Pryor. Wow. That's Talk a mouthful. About names. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, many people believe he was the greatest comedian of his generation or even of all time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was noted as, as being the first comedian to bring white and black audiences together at comedy shows. Um, and the interesting thing is he started out catering to a black audience and then and was making fun of the hood, making fun of the, the pimps, the quote unquote hookers and mm-hmm. the street life that surrounded him. And then he started finding mass appeal. And unfortunately, he abandoned his family for crossover success. Mm-hmm. But it's in terms of his career, he ended up paving the way for many black stand up comics you know, I think of Chris Rock. I think of Dave Chappelle, who's who's definitely back in the limelight. Oh Bern- yeah. I think of Bernie, the late Bernie Mac, Kevin Hart, Arsenio Hall, mm-hmm. and Eddie Murphy. It was said that at his comedy shows, Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy would sneak in and and like hang on ever his every word. Oh uh, yeah. So kind of w- some wild stuff there. Yeah, I can and- imagine the how cool it would be. You know. Um, one of the things that I think this show has taught us or has has given us like a framework of learning how powerful it is to see someone that looks like you doing something that you want yeah. to do or, or something that's aspirational. And so how cool for younger people to be able to see someone that looked like them doing what it is that they aspire to do and doing yeah. it excellently. Definitely, definitely. Planting those seeds young uh, another another person that comes to my mind though when i think of will smith and and the path that that he's walking on it's it's hard to ignore a guy like denzel washington and let me say this mm-hmm. we're not going to be able to mention everybody and there's so many great yeah black actors and actresses out there but um but denzel to me you know there's something that 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 i learned was he helped pay for a young chadwick boseman at howard university to attend a summer acting program at the British Academy of Dramatic Acting in Oxford. Right. And Bozeman had this quote. He said, there is no Black Panther without Denzel Washington. Mm -hmm. And not just because of me, but my whole cast. That generation stands on your shoulders. The daily battles won. The thousand territories gained. The many sacrifices you made for the culture on film sets through your career. The things you refused to compromise along the way laid the blueprints for us to follow. And so he's pointing back, obviously, to that legacy of Denzel. And um, Denzel, to me, where I, where I see him paving a way for Will Smith, because he wasn't a comedian, but he did play that drama very well. And he was also an action star. Mm-hmm. So he played both of those those roles. And Will Smith kind of adopted that, but gave... but obviously infused his own personality into it. And uh, Denzel Washington represents legacy as he stands on the shoulders of those before him, like Sidney Poitier Mm -hmm. um, and 
Morgan Freeman to think of a, a couple of people there. Yeah. And I, I think that the common thread with all of these um, individuals that you've mentioned and so many more is that they're not, they chose roles that weren't stereotypical. It wasn't like the funny sidekick or the, yeah. you know, the goofy, whatever. It was like, I am going to be the hero in this film. I am going to be the star. My name is is first. And obviously it, you know, it takes time to get there. But um, I mean, for a person like Will Smith, he came out the gate swinging with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That like, that sitcom opened the, you know, so many doors for him. And obviously his music career that preceded him, he was just a natural talent. But um, being able to with, you know, utilize your natural talent, complement that with hard work and golly, the, just the, the doors that opened for this and for him. Um, and then subsequently his family, like his kids are now in the business and, you know, all that good stuff is like, how dope that, um, I don't know, he could just run stuff and again, not choose like the stereotypical roles, but be like, nah, I'm the hero in these, in these. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and I appreciate just like, like you mentioned earlier, being, being able to step outside yourself and do, uh, other things. I think of the book of Eli when it comes to Denzel and that, that really strange kind of, um, post-apocalyptic, apocalyptic movie where, man, um, so good. You know, he plays this this kind of blind hero and anyway, but um spoiler. Oh, is it? <laughs> we, yeah, we don't know that he's blind until the very end of the film. Really? Yeah, cuz that's I like don't the whole that. thing. Yeah, the whole thing is like mm. he's carrying this book and then at the very end we find <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> you you ruined the book of Eli for everyone. For all three people that are listening. (laughs) (laughs) And out of the three listening, the one that hasn't seen it. Right. Sorry, guy. (laughs) It's Rob's fault. Like Richard Pryor, Will Smith's charisma, heart, and comedic timing gave an appeal to a diverse audience like Eddie Murphy. Will Smith has reached multiple generations. He's taken on action roles and culturally significant roles like Denzel Washington and so we see this path being paved yeah. for Will Smith. Yeah, and and we can also say, you know, there were other individuals that we could have focused on during this episode. We could have focused on Wesley Snipes or Jamie Foxx. Um, Samuel were, Jackson. I mean, there's so uh, many people. Absolutely. So we're, we're not discounting the other um, many amazing, talented individuals. Um, but we just, again, kind of from the top of the show, Robert mentioned – we have such an affinity for Will Smith because of the impact that he's had on our lives and the the long list of filmography that we both really enjoy. Um, so looking back at what Will has been able to accomplish, here's one little factoid for you, Rob. So yeah. over a period from 2002's Men in Black 2 to 2008's Hancock, Will Smith released eight movies in a row, grossing $100 million or more in the United States, giving him a record-breaking title. No other actor since has released more consecutive movies with this monetary box office success. 
too wild. Isn't that crazy? That it's crazy. I know that he 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 earned the nickname Mr. July. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because for this very reason. It is absolutely. It is his like it's banger after wild. banger after banger. And so, let me let me just walk us through real quick what those yeah. films are. Okay. So, 2002 Men in Black 2, 2003 mm-hmm. Bad Boys 2. Okay. 2004 I Robot, 2005 Hitch, 2006 The Pursuit of Happiness, 2007 I Am Legend, and 2008 Hancock. What a diversity of genres, by the way. Absolutely. You've got some superhero, you've got some action, you've got some drama, you've got some romance, you've got some kind of future sci-fi. He literally does it all. I mean, golly. So uh, just a huge shout out to Will Smith. You will probably never listen to this episode, but we appreciate your contributions, not just to Hollywood, but to our culture. I think what these these films have done is put on um, put on the silver screen stories that are so vitally important to basically combat those uh, those films that put these stereotypes of black men being violent, these black men being out to get white people or specifically white women, all these like horrible narratives that were forced upon us by, I mean, you know, forced, maybe yes, maybe that is the right word forced upon us. Like our history classes uh, Mm -hmm. neglect so much and you know what I mean? So just a huge shout out to like, thank you to the Will Smiths, the Denzel Washingtons, the Eddie Murphys, the Jamie Foxes, the Samuel L. Jacksons of the world telling different stories, better stories, real true stories of overcomers and uh intellectual giants um that that have so much you know have contributed so much to our culture so question for you rob yeah is there a movie that needed a will smith song included in the film that would have made it better so if you think to like the fresh prince you know in west philadelphia born you know what i'm saying like his song made elevated the show or even men in black. We are the men in black. You know, you know, Donnie, I, I know this is going to be unpopular. Oh, say it. I'm so excited. Yeah. Not, not a big fan of, of, of Will Smith. When he became Will Smith as a rapper, not a big fan of his music. Stop it. Oh my not goodness. A big are you fan serious? Of the Will Smith music. I'm, I'm more of a fan of the Fresh Prince. DJ, uh, the I can't even say the name DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. That's oh, a, kind of a mouthful. I'm <laughs> DJ Jazzy Jeff. That really DJ is. DJ Jazzy Jeff. To, if you try and say that like ten times real fast, DJ Jazzy yeah. Jeff, DJ Jazzy. Yeah, it gets rough. I still like Will Smith movie. Will Smith song. It's it's fine. I don't know if if the song Men in Black elevated the movie so much for me. Hey, listen, I'm sure that there are there a ton of people listening that are. Yeah, like summertime. Yeah, summertime is 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 not Will Smith. It's DJ Zazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Oh, shut up! Is getting jiggy with it? No, you shut up. It's true. (laughs) Getting jiggy with it is uh, Will Smith, I believe. Yeah, that is Will Smith. Come on, getting jiggy with it. No. Okay. Okay, So then we can go with either. Then okay. What movie, if it was Will Smith or Fresh Prince, would have? Yeah, I am Legend. 
I am legend. I want to hear uh, a Men in Black, um, or not a Men in Black, uh, a, a Will Smith, you know, kind of just this funky, like, f- like the video that you've got, like the zombie things, like dancing with him, and I'm I'm totally messing around. Um, <laughs> it, it would be interesting though. I'm I, I'm going to go with I am Legend, and I'm and I'm going to say it does not have to be a dance beat. Like, make something. I don't know, but. Interesting. Okay, just, just I'm not. I am something not... like Nightmare on on what was that song that he had? Nightmare on My Street or something? Oh, you know what I'm I talking about? Uh-uh. The Freddy. It, it was like in the '80s. It's about him, Freddy Krueger coming. Oh, down. interesting. So another question for you, Rob. What film do you think Will deserved an Oscar for? Um, definitely. I think he was snubbed. No, I don't know if he was snubbed, but he uh, he was nominated but did not win for The Pursuit of Happiness. Oh yeah. Thought that was a great performance. Yeah. And then I'm going to go off I'm going to go off the beaten path a little bit just because I really love this movie. I'm not sure if it deserves an Oscar or not, but he he had me captivated in I Am Legend. <sighs> Yo. So him acting against a mannequin or the dog? Mm-hmm. Great. Absolutely. Him and that dog had great chemistry. Him and the dog had great chemistry. Him and the mannequin had great chemistry. Oh, definitely. He, um, I, I, I completely agree with the I Am Legend nod. I don't know how he didn't win. When you can carry, an, you know, basically an entire film pretty much by yourself. Yeah. Give the man an Oscar for this stuff. Golly. And, and I agree with The Pursuit of Happiness. That one was by far one of the most heart-wrenching films. I'm hoping King Richard comes out later this year. I'm hoping he slays the oh. role and and gets a gets a nod and and hopefully a win Definitely. for this for this role. Yeah. Okay. And then last question for me um, is if the world were to be without the filmography of one of these actors, who would you choose? We're gonna go Will Smith, Eddie Murphy, Jamie Foxx, or Michael B. Jordan. Oh man. We're gonna go I with hate just these heavy kinds of hitter. Questions. African American, you know. But I think I'm gonna. I would go with Jamie Fox if I had to choose out of that group there. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I love Creed way too much to not have not have it in my life. Although I, with Jamie Fox, you, we don't get Ray or the soloist, which I think I, are I'm, so phenomenal. I think I'm okay with that. Like I like Jamie Fox quite a bit, but I like him the least out of this group here for sure. I I I concur. Yeah, I need yeah. donkey too. Donkey. I need that. Don- yeah, who's gonna play donkey? Yeah, there's. there's you tell me, like, huh? And and Mushu, Mulan is my what? by far my favorite Disney film. Donkey and Mushu, pretty much the same character, isn't it? Just one. No, a it's so completely different. One's a dinosaur and one's a donkey. I guess they bo- do both. One's start a dragon. With the First of all, it's a dragon. Listen, and, dinosaur dragon. <laughs> it's the and, same. And too. one likes to to <laughs> throw in a little swear word every once in a while just because. I can't believe I called a dragon a dinosaur. Oh my yeah. goodness. Well, uh, whatever. Well, what about you? Who who did you choose? I chose Jamie Foxx. You weren't listening. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Stop yelling at me. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I just kept thinking of Mushu and I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> what did you say before? It doesn't matter. And so, well, now, now that we're properly 10 minutes over in the show and our producer is angry with us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 
She's we mean to, mugging us. We have to we have to wrap up our our rewind section. We've gone on for far too long. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's just let me just say this, Donnie. Yeah. He he is standing on the shoulders of giants, but he himself is a giant that other people mm. are standing on. He's obviously helped pave the way for people like Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. who's doing great stuff, not just acting anymore, but now yeah. directing. Yep. Um, go back and listen to our Ryan Coogler episode um, and and the important movies that, that he's done. And, and of course, Michael B. Jordan, to me, um, I think can have that kind of star power. Yeah. As well, I don't know about his comedic timing. He's not. He's not quite as um, charismatic as Will Smith. But yeah, I see him more kind of like a Denzel, where he true. plays a little bit more of the serious roles. I mean, uh, even with like Just Mercy, bringing kind of social yeah. uh, social awareness to to the silver screen, he's he's going to have a long, and and I hope he has a long and beautiful career because I think there yeah. are many stories that he needs to particularly tell. Okay. So, so that takes us to the part of our show that we like to call Fast Forward. In this segment, we anticipate upcoming Will Smith projects as well as talk about projects that we'd love to see him in. So I'll kick it off um, okay. with, with a couple of films that I would love to see Will in. So, Will, I hope you are listening, Mr. Willard Carroll Smith Jr. One, I'd love to see you play Barack Obama. Obviously, <laughs> you know, there's documentaries and stuff like that, but an actual film about the life of Barack Obama would be awesome. And I read somewhere um, that you and Barack had a conversation about it that and I'm talking to Will right now. Um, right. Because <laughs> I know I'm he's nodding and I'm like, wait a second. I didn't have that conversation. <laughs> oh, gotcha. You're talking. I'm to talking you. to Will, Rob. Hang on just a second. I, okay? thought, I thought you were talking about that time I was talking to Barack. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> No, that was a different thing, right? Now that was a are, different time. Okay. Me and Will are having a conversation. Yeah, sure. So, Will, so you 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 mentioned that you and Barack had a conversation about this, and he was cool with it, and he he said this quote: "He told me that he felt confident that I had the ears for the role." Close quote. Wow. I love that so much, wow. and I would love to see that film. So that's one. Um, two, I would love to see Bad Boys Four. Um, if you haven't seen Bad Boys for Life, which is the the third movie in the trilogy, phenomenal film. Love the story. Love the acting. The comedy. It was to me one of Will's perfect movies. And so they set up the ending of the film to basically be able to continue the story. Um, so I really, I'm hoping for a Bad Boys Four. There you go. And then the third uh, thing that I would love to see Will tackle is a continuation of The Fresh Prince. So um, not long ago, you know, they put the Bel Air mansion on Airbnb for, you know, a couple people to like book a night and, you know, they ducked it all out. But one of the things um, DJ Jazzy Jeff asked Will, he was like, you know, what do you think um, your character would be doing right now? And I was like, yo, that would be so very cool to see a continuation I of the concur. sitcom. Because, I love that. Right? Because like they had that HBO special where, you know, it's like whatever, 60 or 90 minutes, and they it's a, a reunion of the cast, and they all look great. 
I'm like, oh my goodness, this would be phenomenal for them to to just carry on the show. So no, definitely. When they did the reunion, I kept thinking, I want an episode, literally, or I want to move something. I want maybe like a, a short, kind of like what they did with Fuller House. I think something in that vein would be would be pretty cool. Absolutely, yeah. Where they are yeah. now, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I would also, I would like to see him tackle something about hip-hop in the in the 80s the generation yeah. in which he started where maybe he's a like i don't a know producer what, yeah i don't know right i don't know if that makes sense or not but or a record label owner or something like that yeah. finding talent some something like that, that would what cool. i think would also be really fun and i don't know if it's been done too many times and it might have it'd be interesting to see him as maybe like the fugitive um Ooh. But do you know what role he actually passed up that he we almost got a Will Smith Matrix? Did you know that? Yes. How and weird he... would that be? Like Jada was in the Matrix movie. I so let me yeah. let me step back. I would like to see him somehow infuse into the Matrix. I that would be interesting for me to see how he would how his personality would work in that very weird world. Absolutely. One of the things, one of the ideas that he has is if you give the same script to two directors and two different sets of actors and then release the film on the same day and people have to watch both and, you know, whatever, you know, make their own conclusion about which they like. When asked the question about The Matrix, he was like, this would be an awesome film to do that because he obviously is like, dang, I passed up The Matrix for The Wild Wild West, which is it like the been... least favorite film of all time. Right. It would have been... It would have been nothing like what we got. No. This kind of stoic. No. I. It's hard for me to even wrap my head around the idea of Will Smith yeah. as Neo. Anyway. Okay. So if you had to, to switch Will Smith uh, to be Neo and then Keanu Reeves uh, to be the in Men in Black, the lead roles. So if you had to either switch those two mm-hmm. or switch Tommy Lee Jones and Lawrence Fishburne in the supporting roles. Which would you, which would you switch? <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones as uh, as Morpheus. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that sounds kind of silly. So I think I would go the other way. Oh, and cast Will as Neo. Will as Neo. I think that would be Tommy Lee Jones. I'm I'm struggling to see him as the wise Morpheus. <laughs> I think um, you can pull it off. I could see him more as like Agent Smith. But oh, for sure, he would be so. a perfect Agent Smith. Um, Donnie, what future Will Smith film? Sorry, I'm kind of uh, moving here, thinking forward. Like, what mm. out of the movies that are coming out, which one are you looking forward to the most? Uh, oh, a couple of them that come to my mind yeah. are there's Bright 2, there's Bad Boys 4, Hopefully. there's yeah, or is that not confirmed? Oh, no, I, I don't, spill the beans? I, I don't think it's confirmed unless you have an in with Hollywood, but that would be phenomenal if there is a Bad Boys 4. That's right. Um, I think you're the one who 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 told me that little rumor. Uh, Emancipation, <laughs> uh, directed by Antoine Fuqua, mm-hmm. or King Richard, or some other project. I, the For sure, King Richard. I think, mm. and I hope um, he is just going to kill the role. Be absolutely amazing and phenomenal. The trailer looks incredible. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Williams sisters. They, I grew up with my mom, you know, watching tennis all the time. And so I love the sport. Really? And hmm. then 
um, when the Williams sisters came on the scene, they made it so much more exciting. Definitely. So I'm I'm excited to learn more about their dad, who I don't know really anything about. How about okay. you? What are you looking for? Yeah, to? Emancipation sounds really interesting to me. Um, kind of a runaway slave movie, I believe, if I saw it correctly. Yeah. Um, and if that's the case, yeah, I'm I'm all in. I'm I'm really interested in in that kind of of a film. So that's awesome. So finally, we uh, we press pause to reflect, give our final takes, and highlight recurring themes in the life and career of Will Smith. So, Rob, why don't you kick us off as we press pause? Yeah, Will Smith, I think is he's established himself as a bankable box office success. As I said earlier, he's known as, as Mr. July, and you could count on him, uh, you could count on his film, I should say, putting butts in seats. Mm-hmm. While his name, I don't think, guarantees a huge return in ticket sales anymore, he still remains one of the most successful black actors of all time. Yeah, some of the themes that I noticed in his films, one, he typically will take roles of like a strong, confident, often funny male character. Um, his characters often have these huge obstacles to overcome or these impossible decisions that need to be made. And he makes those decisions and overcomes those obstacles with yeah. a force and veracity that is just unparalleled. He is typically a man in control of these circumstances that seem just crazy outlandish and again, impossible, but he finds a way through. Um, he finds a way to again, be the hero kind of what we said earlier in the show, be the hero of these films. And often he's attempting to answer questions of life and death. One of the things I really appreciate about his artistry and even about his social media presence now is he's trying to, take what he has learned and impart that knowledge to others. So whether it's like life stuff or love stuff or um, ambition stuff or goals or just dreaming, he wants people to like live to the full and be able to learn from his experiences and his mistakes and, and his journey. So I really appreciate, again, just what his films bring to the silver screen. And again, kind of hearkening back to earlier what he's contributed to our culture. Yeah, I think when you're saying those things, Donnie, I, I'm going back to one of your earlier comments about the roles that he chooses. He didn't build his career as the side character, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. as the strong lead role. And mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, redefining in a lot of people's minds, the African-American hero or mm-hmm. the black hero. And um, in a lot of ways, you know, he has that crossover success. So I think that he's a person who is not just popular in the in the black community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might say like Tyler Perry or somebody like that. His movies appeal more like he's he's catering to the black community, which is fine. But because of these characters and these qualities that that you mentioned, I think that's he's he's become a crossover success. Oh, absolutely. And then I think the last thing I'll mention is that he focuses on real people. So not only does he, you know, choose to do these kind of Mm. really cool sci-fi things or dystopian end of the world things like I Am Legend or, um, you know, he he chooses like these dope stories, but then he also chooses to highlight real people with who have impacted um, our world in some way. So Muhammad Ali, uh, Richard Williams, which is coming out with King Richard, Bennett Omalu. 
and his battle to raise awareness mm. about CTE and the film Concussion. Yeah. And then Chris Gardner, who shared his story about being homeless on 2020 and 2002. The interview was really widely watched and received like a lot of positive response, which yeah. led Gardner to publish a book. And then the, the Pursuit of Happiness came out in um, 2006. So uh, again, yes, like there's really cool, action-y, funny, romance types of films, but he also makes sure to highlight actual people who are doing actual like really cool things in life and in the world. As we look at the final take on Will Smith, I absolutely just applaud his uh, creativity. I applaud his talent. I applaud his work ethic. And I applaud his um, ability to keep a true north and tell the stories that he thinks are very important. Unfortunately, this is where we press stop. Sadness. (laughs) But have no fear. We will press that play button again soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Mixed Take. Join us next week where we discuss Afro-Latinidad and white passing Latinos. Some Latinos in Hollywood are very dark. Others are very fair. So what obstacles did Zoe Saldana, who's Puerto Rican and Dominican, or Rosario Dawson, who is Cuban, Puerto Rican, Irish, and Native American, have to overcome to play Latinos in movies rather than playing African-Americans? Or why is Eva Mendez, who's Cuban, often cast as a white person? And why is there a lack of Latino representation or even Latino characters in film? If you enjoyed this episode, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Also, head over to worldoutspoken.com, a site preparing the Mestizo Church for cultural change, where you'll find information on consulting services, thought-provoking blog posts, and other great podcasts such as The Feature, Questions from the Pew, and the one and only Mestizo Mestizo Podcast, Podcast. the show for the mixed people of the mixed church. And check out the article on Bad Mothering by Dr. Itzel Reyes on the double standards mothers face in raising their children. Special thanks to our producer, Michelle Perez. Also, thanks to Emmanuel Padilla and the World Outspoken crew. We hope you join us again as we continue to dive into the world of a diverse group of entertainers. But until next time, cut. It's a wrap. It's a wrap.